I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. We again have the privilege of continuing our series on metabolic health with our guest, Stephen Beard. Stephen is a nutritionist as well as a diabetes prevention lifestyle coach, and he is board certified. Again, someone may ask, how does this topic of metabolic health fit into a podcast focused on matters of faith and spirituality? And I would remind you today that Jesus said that we should love God, love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And loving ourselves is demonstrated by taking care of ourselves, including our health. So now on our uh, last session, we focused on the topic of cholesterol. And we ran out of time and realized that a part two would be necessary in order to provide a bit more substance and, and bring clarity to the dialogue. So, Stephen, we thank you for coming on again and continuing with this part two. So, welcome. Thank you for coming. And thank you for the awesome introduction, as always. Um, hopefully, everyone who's listening is having a blessed day. And uh, let's dive into this. So, um, as you had mentioned, um, our previous discussion was on uh, cholesterol. And we pretty much spent most of the time um, referencing and discussing uh, what cholesterol was and then the difference between the good and the bad. So just a quick um, reference to that before we dive in a little bit deeper with cholesterol um, is, um, you know, again, cholesterol, it's, it's a, a waxy, fat-like substance um, that's found in all the cells in, in our body. And uh, our body needs some cholesterol uh, to make things like hormones, um, certain types of vitamins, and to help us digest food. But too much of cholesterol um, can be detrimental to our overall health. Um, and then we spent some time discussing the difference between low-density lipoprotein, which is LDL, which is considered the bad cholesterol, um, as well as um, the good cholesterol, which is high-density lipoprotein, uh, which is referred to as HDL. Um, and again, that is the good cholesterol. And the difference between the two, LDL, um, more or less transports cholesterol particles throughout your body. Um, and these particles will build up in the walls of your arteries, making them hard and narrow. Whereas the HDL cholesterol, which is the good cholesterol, picks up excess cholesterol and takes it back to your liver, where your liver is responsible for metabolizing the cholesterol, moving it out of your bloodstream. Um, so that's mainly the difference between the two. Um, and then we also discussed kind of like what levels um, should look like for uh, total cholesterol. So for good health, your total cholesterol levels should be below 200 um, mgdl, um, and then. Um, your LDL uh, should be less than um, 150. Um, and then we also have your high-density lipoprotein, which should be higher than 40 um, for men and then 50 for women. Mm hmm well, this is, this is certainly, um, me being a lay person, this was certainly a lot of information. Um, <clears throat> so I sit here thinking about, well, what could we have possibly left out? 
<laughs> that required a part two. So why don't you um, introduce us to uh, bring a little clarity to the um, the other nuances in this topic. So the other nuance in this topic is your triglycerides. Um, in your triglycerides, it's a specific type of fat that is found in your blood. Um, and, you know, when you eat, your body converts any calories that it doesn't need to use right away into triglycerides. Um, and then the triglycerides are stored in your um, adipocytes, which are your fat cells. Um, and then also later hormones release triglycerides for energy between meals. So if anyone who's listening has had blood work done before and they've noticed that their triglyceride numbers are a little bit elevated, um, an easy way of being able to reduce these is cutting back on your eating. So more or less, Higher triglyceride levels means you're eating too much food, more than what your body actually needs and can actually utilize. So therefore, it's converting it um, into stored energy. And then some people, someone may ask, okay, what types of foods may raise triglycerides the most? Can you want to take a, an educated guess? Reverend? Sure. I would guess foods that are high in sugars, uh, refined carbohydrates, and unhealthy fats. Ding, ding. You are absolutely correct. Including so, su sugary beverages, sweets, yes. processed snacks, fried foods, and foods with trans fats. But, you know, you said something interesting. So these foods we know are dangerous and can can elevate the triglyceride levels. But how about eating too, too much um, healthy food? Can that also, you know, you said eating too much food. Um, could it also be too eating, you know, um, large, um, you know, beyond portion control of, of healthy food? Can that affect your triglyceride levels as well? So I, I'm going to give you a little bit of pushback here. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in my world, I don't really use the words good food, bad foods, or healthy foods, uh, mm. because it just depends on who the individual person is. Right. Um, a healthy food, like I would say, for example, raw veggies, could be healthy for me, but not healthy for someone who may have IBS. Mm -hmm. So when I think more or less what you're trying to say is more nutrient-dense foods versus calorie-dense foods. Mm -hmm. So the answer to that is, if we focus on improving our food quality, I mean, anyone who has actually gone through that process, you will be able to realize that you can probably eat two to three times more food when you're actually focusing on nutrient-dense quality foods versus calorie-dense um, foods. Uh, just because of the dietary fiber is going to fill you up much, much quicker and keep you more satiated. So, um, you know, calorie-dense foods is exactly what you had mentioned. Foods high in saturated fat, trans fat, added sugars, and also alcohol, you know, plays a huge major part um, in increasing triglycerides. Um, and, you know, to take that further, because I know a lot of people in the United States, highly processed meats. So this is the meat that you literally go to the supermarket and you buy that is packaged. So lunch meats. Um, hot dogs, um, spam, you know, that is all highly processed 
types of meat that will definitely increase your triglycerides. <clears throat> Sugar sweetened beverages. I mean, I remember being around people when I was younger who drank wheat tea every single day, who drank, um, I believe it's called Kool-Aid every single day. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, those right there are a contributing factor to high triglycerides as well. Right. Right, right, right. And again, it's important to look at the levels because when you talk about sugar, um, sugar there seems to be, there. not seems to be, there are great amounts of sugar found in things that we might least suspect. Correct. You know, even, even some of the, you know, people that are drinking um, some of the um, beverages that are supposed to hydrate you or, or with e electrolytes and all that kind of stuff. I look at the label and find that some of these things have a whole lot of sugar in it. A whole lot. <laughs> um, sometimes I've seen up to like 50, 50 grams of added sugar. And when we say 50 grams, what does that look like in like teaspoons? Uh, 50 grams. You know what? You literally just stumped me there. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't really convert things to teaspoons. Um, mm -hmm. I will have to get back to you on that. Okay, well, it, I'm just saying that it's more than we suspect. I think I've heard something like uh, Coca-Cola, for instance, might have as much as, you know, I'm not sure of the number, but maybe 15 teaspoons of sugar in it, or maybe even 30. <clears throat> so, I, my own, one of my relatives, we went out to eat one night, and he ordered a, um, a Coke with his meal. And then he cracked open like five packets of sugar and dumped it into the Coke. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what are you trying to do here? Call, get an ambulance in the restaurant? So, so anyway, <laughs> sugar is something that is certainly um, found in places that we don't suspect. Correct. Um, and since I don't really convert things to teaspoons, um, I can tell you 50 grams of uh, sugar in cups. So that would be like a fourth, a fourth of a cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So that's a lot. That's a lot. Right. 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 Um, so, um, so we're talking about high triglyceride levels, and again, this is something that will be found on your um, blood work that we should be attentive to, and and try to take responsibility for knowing what being familiar with what's being produced by these reports as opposed to just waiting for that call to tell you wh what your numbers are. Um, we, we should try to make sure we get a copy of it, of the report, so we can uh, monitor our own uh, n current numbers. Correct. Um, and, you know, one of the things I just really wanted to stress and the reason why I wanted to continue this discussion today was, uh, you know, the link between high triglycerides and cardiovascular disease mm -hmm. um, because they both go hand in hand um, when you actually look at the bigger picture. Um, you know, tri high triglycerides can significantly increase a person's risk um, of developing cardiovascular disease uh, just because it includes, um, you know, the hardening of the blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So you know, it can it contributes to coronary artery disease, uh, which is the blood vessels that um, you know supply to the heart, um, cerebrovascular disease, uh, which involves the brain, 
and then peripheral artery disease, which involves the limbs. Um, and again, these are all contributed to high triglyceride levels. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so once again, I, I would ask you to maybe somebody hasn't heard the previous sessions, but could you talk um, briefly about the um, importance of the skeletal muscle maintenance and development and how that relates to our metabolic health overall? Of course. Um, So skeletal muscle is, when you look at it from an endocrine perspective, so now we're looking at skeletal muscle as part of the endocrine system, it is the largest organ and the most important organ because it's supposed to absorb up to 80% of the sugar um, in our blood. And if your skeletal muscle is healthy, then the doors inside of those, um, you know, your skeletal muscle will open to allow the glucose to enter and then be stored as stored glucose, which is referred to as glycogen. Um, When your skeletal muscle is not healthy, um, then your skeletal muscle is either clogged with a lot of fat or your body composition consists of more um, uh, body fat than actual skeletal muscle and lean body mass. So can't stress the importance of not living a sedentary lifestyle, um, getting up and moving around, and whether you know the listeners want to hear this or not, getting to a gym, unless you have a gym at your house, and lifting weights to become a little bit stronger, um, so you're able to improve the quality and the health of your skeletal muscle. So then it's more than just um, walking and running on a treadmill, but actually lifting some weight. Yes, and the reason why I throw lifting weights in there is because um, lifting weights also helps increase bone density. Um, So we're now looking at a bigger picture because um, we look at statistics um, as we age, and I'm talking about uh, once we hit 50, uh, this is mainly when you know, we may start being diagnosed with a lot of these metabolic conditions, if not a little bit sooner. Um, And then also we start to um, lose some bone density as well. So being able to lift an external load um, helps prevent um, osteoporosis, but also helps increase bone density as well. So if we're able to get people in the habit and building those behaviors of being in the gym and while I'm not talking about deadlifting, I'm literally just talking about sitting on a machine and just lifting a little bit of weight, then that's going to help increase everything and go a long, long way. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to lifting, now let's say a person who's not, you know, like I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder or anything like that, but um, how, let's say you are lifting with your arms, let's say, um, how often is too much. I mean, I I hear about your muscles need time to repair themselves and all of that. Um, Are we, is that, is that accurate for, for a person who is, you know, um, visiting the gym? Do they need to a day of rest? 
or or, or is something that you can do every day no i mean your but your muscles do need to re, um rest and recover and we're talking about 48 hours mm-hmm. um my prescription you know to people is this because you have to look at the person for who they are so if it's someone who has some disabilities someone who may not or has injuries um someone who may be morbidly obese you know i just say go to planet fitness um they're everywhere and they have machines all you need to do is literally just sit on the machine and literally just do the basic exercises on the machine and maybe just 10 15 pounds and over a period of time and i would say three days a week is pretty much all you need to do over a period of time if you're consistent with that you will see a huge improvement in things like blood sugar levels um cardiovascular health uh your um blood pressure decreasing cholesterol levels going down and then also adding walks in there as well mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> well Again, we're just about running out of time. Do you have any closing thoughts on the topic of of, um, cholesterol and decoding high cholesterol and um, triglycerides levels? Um, Final thoughts for today, focusing Mm -hmm. on triglycerides. Anyone who's listening, uh, take a look at your blood work um, and see what your triglyceride numbers are. Um, And if they are high, the biggest suggestion that i can give to you is lower your carb intake um your carbohydrates is what breaks down into sugar um so focus on decreasing your carb intake and focus on keeping that protein intake where it needs to be at um and uh get out and take a walk (laughs) Mm -hmm. amen amen well Stephen, thank you again for coming in. Um, Our next episode, we're going to be talking about hypertension, and I'm looking forward to that. So once again, you've been listening to Faith Talk with our guest, Stephen Beard. Um, Our idea and our hope, our prayer, is that people are led as we enter into this new year with um, a bit more um, the ability to, to make better informed choices as to their their health as opposed to um, just coming up with these um, annual resolutions that never get <laughs> fulfilled. So, and, and you know, there are things that you can do that might be more harmful to you than than any good. So we hope to, to bring some clarity to this area. Stephen, thanks again. Uh, you've been listening to Faith Talk. I would uh, encourage you to visit the website, www.revjstuartglover.com, and sign up as a, a recipient for the mailing list or register as a guest on the show. You can reach me directly by email or voicemail direct, right on the website. So you've been listening to Faith Talk. You've, you're becoming part of a, a uh, global audience, and um, we thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.